Okay, well, this is happening. It's sad to me that women should feel bad about wanting to have a fuckboy. It's, it's like taking the nicest poop you've had and putting it back in. Sit on my face. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I may or may not have daddy issues. <laughs> but we have mommy issues. I am a unique man! And I deserve nothing but the best. Hello! Welcome to Men and Women by Men Who Don't Know Women. I'm John. For those of you who haven't listened to the show before, this is a podcast about love. And we are what Newsweek calls the sexiest podcast on the planet Earth. Today on the show, we have Edith, who is studying at the University for Applied Sciences in Austria. She's doing her master's thesis on sex tourism in Thailand, and that is what we talk about on the show today. We talk about prostitution, sex work, and sex tourism in Thailand, specifically in Bangkok, which is where she is right now. I met her while traveling in Luang Prabang, Laos, and that's where we recorded the podcast. We actually recorded this at a bar, this outdoor bar, so it's a little bit noisy in the background. I did my best to clean up the audio, but I'm sorry uh, for any shitty audio here, but you can deal with it. And a couple quick notes about the episode we start off by talking about this NGO she's been kind of working with and interviewing people who work there. Uh, basically an NGO means a non-governmental organization. This one is called Nightlight. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. They do some really great work in Thailand involving giving sex workers other opportunities for employment if they feel like getting out of what they're doing now. Um, we'll talk about that on the show. But anyway, if you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're listening on and write us a review. That would help immensely in spreading the word. Uh, also, just tell your friends about the show. We want to get this out to as many people as possible. We would appreciate it if you help us with that. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us, send us an email, don'tknowwomen at gmail.com. Otherwise, I thank you for joining us this fine day, and I hope you enjoy the episode, and here we go. to want to get out of the business they can come to the NGO and do like English classes the NGO offers employment like you have a bakery a jewelry shop and screen printing where the women can learn to work and get employment skills Oh, very cool. We, we saw this place in Chiang Mai that was like a massage parlor uh, that employed ex-convicts. So it was oh. all these people that have gotten out of prison and now they've taught them how to give Thai massage and they're giving massages yeah. now. Do those places that they employ these ex-sex workers, do they advertise that they used to be sex workers or is it more like no. they train them how to do these things and send them to bakeries and nobody really knows what their past was? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how, how much uh, the 
like the future employ employer knows about the past, but it's kind of like they have their the NGO has their own bakery shop and like they have a coffee shop and jewelry of um, factory. So, but that's like small, and the women can learn there to to do that work and. When they are good enough, uh, decide to quit this job, they can get a better job somewhere in the city or something. Okay. Because like, in my first interview, the one worker told me about a woman who worked. She was the manager of the coffee shop, and then she got that really good job in a really like high standard coffee shop, and so they all were really proud of her to get that. So, but I think if they decide to stay in the bakery like forever they can do that as well it's okay job. it's like a real job they can have a real job in this NGO so but they can also decide to leave that job when they feel like having a better job or something right so, yeah. uh, have you found that most of these women are like forced into sex work or do some of them choose um, it's uh, the like if you're separate from trafficking and not trafficking, then the trafficking side is not, I think it's, it is it is big, but it's not as big as the women who decide to go into the sex work. Oh. But I'm not really sh sure about how big the amount of trafficked women is, because like, that's just not part of my topic, because that would be too much. But yeah, a lot of women decide for themselves to go into uh, to do sex work but it's not like they choose to do it it's more that it's a good opportunity to get money because like in a factory or something you would get less money for more work and so that's why a lot of women choose to go into sex work because it can get much money like not much but enough money but it's yeah it's it's so interesting in in thailand because it's like they have that culture that girls are um have to earn money for their families for their parents so it's like the son is um obligated i think that's the word yep. to become a monk and the girl has to uh, get money for the family for oh, the parents that is so interesting yeah so and i didn't know that before so that's right. like the main reason why a lot of northern girls come to Bangkok to do sex work because that's how they can get a lot of money for their families. Oh man, that is fascinating. So it's not like, like you so basically you're saying, like it's not like there's somebody like holding a gun to their head, like yeah, you're going yeah. to like yeah. be a prostitute. It's like that circumstantially they yeah. need to support their families. Yeah. yeah. So so really it makes sense for them because they can mm -hmm. make the most money compared to other, other like work. skilled labor yes, even. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I also said to my um, interview that like they are not really victims of um, trafficking. They are more victims of their life circumstances. And a lot of them don't call them victims. They call them more like agents of their life. Because, yeah, some can say they are victims, but it's better to call them like maybe agents of, of their lives. Sure. That they want to do it. Because in the past it was... Thailand had a good agriculture and like a lot of the GDP of the country was made out of agriculture but now services are like are more contributing to that and one of the services is the sex service industry 
And that's why a lot of girls from the north come, because they just don't get enough money from their agriculture anymore. And so they decide to go to Bangkok. And sure, a lot of times they are looking for different jobs, but then they just see that sex work is an easy way to get money. Right. And then they decide to do that work. And yeah, so that's why I was saying it's so interesting that it's, you can't even say that it's an economic problem or just a cultural problem because it's like such a mix. It's totally e intertwined. Yeah, it's yeah. like economy plays a big part, but also that the culture accepts its end, that the culture like um, kind of forces girls into getting money for their parents. So that's also part of the culture and right. it's culturally accepted. Do their parents know that they are sex workers? Or are they just like, hey, I'm working in Bangkok and here's some money. And like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just working. Like, are they, that's, like, do their parents yeah, know? Or That's a really good question because I have no idea. That's one which I definitely ask in the okay. next interview. <laughs> you can have that one for free. That's, that's really, I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot of them should know just because, I mean, everyone knows about Bangkok or Pattaya or... Right, Those. or maybe it's that kind of thing where like they don't want to know, right? So they might not mm -hmm. ask like where they're getting the money. Yeah. They're hoping maybe it's not prostitution, but they 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 need the money, so they might yeah, not want to. Yeah. This is just speculation, obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But. Yeah, but that's really yeah. I definitely have to ask that because I have no idea. <laughs> and do you, have you found that most of their clients or like customer base are? tourists coming in or are there locals um, as well? I know from my literature research that um, over 90% of the prostitution is Thai men using the prostitutes. Oh, so yeah, sex 90 over 90% yeah. is Thai men. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, okay. Same. And that's also like historical things because in the past men could have more women. So like they had more women and one of them was like the, the slave women, which was only for sex. Okay, are and these men married? Yeah, they, they like in the past it was that they had three wives. One was the one for loving, one was, the, yeah, it's like the first wife was the one which was sold from a family to the man, kind of. The second one was for loving, and the third, third one was the slave wife for sexual huh. things. And slave wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool like this because it's only in 1905 they banned slavery in, in Thailand. So then all these women were like free, but then didn't know what to do with their lives, and that's why prostitution emerged oh kind of. that is really interesting yeah so and it's kind of tragic but really fascinating yeah and it's kind of complicated too it's like yeah are, and are these just wealthy men are these like the wealthy Thai men no no like i think that a lot of but that's just an i don't, I don't know about that but i think that a lot of not wealthy men use prostitution I just read somewhere that if prostitution wouldn't exist in Thailand, then a lot of rape would happen because of Thai men. But that's just what I read in, in the research, like in literature. I don't know if that is based on data they, find, they found, but 
Right, maybe they heard this for like a few cases yeah. and speculated over the yeah. I don't know the population. It, uh, they they like say that Thai men are really sexually and so they do need prostitution, but I don't know if that's database, so I have no idea. One could argue that all men are like that, and we yes. need prostitution <laughs> everywhere. No, I'm kind of kidding, but yes. Um, so wait, so I, what confuses me then is. So their men are forced to be or are expected to join a monastery and become a monk. Do they just serve as a monk for so long, and then once they're done being monks, they go and just buy prostitutes? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I I don't know. It's like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that not all of the the boys become monks, but because. Yeah, then there would be no other men in the country besides right. monks. But it's kind of like the boys can become monks and get favor for afterlife for the family. So that's the reason why the, oh. the sons should become monks to get the favor and the girl has to get the money for living. Kind oh, of. man. So the guy's got to go get the spiritual favors and she's yeah. got to go and give the sexual favors <laughs> to bring the money back. This is all coming together for me. Okay. Yes. But I mean, in reality, there's not everyone is monk and not everyone is a sex worker to get right. money. But it's like the cultural thing what, what they have. So, but it's if you look at restaurants, you can really watch that almost all of them are women and girls working and having the owning the restaurant because I looked at it like everywhere I went and you can almost nowhere see men work, working in the restaurant. A lot of times it's just the, the women working in the restaurants and like yeah receiving the money and I don't know what the men are doing. A lot of them are taxi drivers, <laughs> bike okay. drivers. Yeah. So yeah. That's really interesting. So so your thesis is about sex tourism. Yes. Has the fact that you found out that 90% of people who hire prostitutes are Thai, has yeah. that like fucked up your thesis Oh at all? yes, it was like, what? And then like <laughs> sex tourism is like a really tiny, tiny thing. No, my thesis. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it was like that. And I mean, now it's like more sex industry in Bangkok and not, not just sex tourism, because obviously sex tourism is not that huge. Sure. So now it's more sex industry in Bangkok. It's good science though, right? Because I feel like you come up with a hypothesis and then you do some research and you find out that maybe your hypothesis wasn't quite yeah, accurate. Yeah, so then totally. you adjust what you, what your focus yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was yeah, in, the, in the beginning it was shocking that only a few percent are like this real sex tourists, what do you think? when you imagine when you think of Thailand so and I mean Thailand tries to change the image the image of of Bangkok and Pattaya and that stuff because it's really sometimes a, a, a false image what we have about the country right. but I mean for sure there have been like those travel to Thailand year promoted with sex work like they literally promoted sex work in some tourist books that's true too so they talent does that to to promote sex work and tourist guidebooks and stuff like that so they did that but i think they don't do that anymore to okay. change the image of the country uh yeah it seems like for a while they were like well because so much of their 
income is from the tourist industry yes. that they were kind of doing anything to bring in more tourists it was yes. just it's yes. like almost what's happening with their like elephant uh yeah. attractions where yeah. like for so long it was mm -hmm. like ride the elephants watch this elephant like play basketball or something and now now people mm -hmm. are becoming aware that a lot of that is really cruel to the elephants so now they're shifting it and be like well here's this uh eco-friendly and uh, ethical yeah. elephant sanctuary and like that's yes. they're kind of shifting to re to realize that they made money off of exploiting mm. a lot of things or people and now it seems like they're adjusting it maybe not even because of ethics but because of money which at the end of the day i guess if it's for uh if it's promotes beneficial change then mm. kind of i guess uh, it doesn't really matter exactly what it's for but yeah i mean i don't think that that the country really does something against sex work because it's just i think dependent on on it in some way yeah so i think they can't really change it because i mean it's illegal in thailand and it still happens like a lot oh it's illegal like sex trap uh, sex, sex work, work is illegal yeah it's prostitution is illegal in thailand okay but it's um does anybody ever get arrested for it um you can get arrested for it but i don't know if that law still exists i'm not sure about that but it's like something um, if they, it's, I think that, I don't know if there's still a fine on it and like that they are obligated to take those women to like vocational training and stuff like that. I just read that once, but I think like in reality that that never happens, okay. uh, like not, not much. Uh -huh. So... I'm, I'm not sure what the state really does. It's like they just, they look away. They don't do anything against it. There exists one word in English, but I just don't know. It, it's illegal, but tolerated. It's like yes. tolerated. I understand. Yep. Yeah, because... What is Pattaya? Yeah, Pattaya is uh, a beach city, uh, like on the east side of Bangkok. On yeah, in a direction to Cambodia, and it's like a sex tourism destination. So it's there exists Phuket, which is not so, I think not so bad. Like a lot of families also go there, and it's like with big resorts and stuff like that. But there exists um, sex tourism. I mean, I think it exists everywhere, but there it's not like in your face. And in Bangkok, it's also like the the three red light district it's Padbong, which is i think more for the thai men uh, as i learned and then there's nana plaza and soy cowboy which is for like uh, international uh, tourists soy cowboy is for the cowboys <laughs> i don't know why it's called soy <laughs> cowboy really i have no idea yeah but so that's the three parts in bangkok and then there's pataya and that's like the worst it's, I haven't been there, but uh, the volunteer from the NGO I talked with, she was like, it's the worst. It's so in your face. There's like, it's a little bit like in Nana Plaza, but so much more like high style. It's like you have these different areas and it, she said it looks like Vegas. Vegas for sex tourism. It's oh, really, and I mean, 
I haven't been in Nana Plaza in the night, but like it's that the girls have numbers and the tourists can say I want number three, and so and then Pattaya is just worse. It's really bad there. But I haven't been, so I don't know. But yeah, so that's the third main, I think, tourist destination for this. And so, what is sex tourism? Huh, that's another good question. Um, the easiest answer is when tourists come to a destination for sexual services, but then there exists like a lot of different definitions, like that it's also sex tourism when, like that a lot of sex tourism happens between two internet, like two tourists, not like one tourist comes to the country for the women, for the, um, yeah, for the, yeah, for the local women, but like to have sex with another tourist. That's, I think, the biggest part of really sex tourism, but like my definition for my thesis is when people come to countries and use the sexual services there. I mean, a lot of backpackers do it, but most of the time I think it's not the main reason and like for a lot of other like older white male persons, tourists, it's the main reason to come to the country. That makes sense. Yeah, well, like, when I hear sex tourism, I think of like uh, there are people from another country that know that they can hire a prostitute here so they deliberately come to this place yes. to do that and that's like kind of their main goal they yes. might eat some pad thai too but really they're here for the prostitutes yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah and like just I think yesterday or the day before yesterday I can't remember because I have a book with me for the thesis I'm reading it and they explain also like the male identification of doing this and a lot of times they say that men from Europe like from Western countries do it because of how they perceive women in those countries because in Thailand women are seem to be like really womenly so female like sweet and always smiling and that women Real kind of petite and yeah. like they can dainty. they yeah dainty they look a little innocent or they yeah. play up the fact yeah, that they innocent. seem innocent yeah and they, they don't like they they don't argue or something like that like they said that western women <laughs> kind <Argue> of <laughs> yeah they are like so I, I I don't know how they how they say that I can't remember it, but it's like that they say their opinion and they are like they are like males like men they say so and that's why a lot of but they're, uh, they're like men to me they just be themselves like they they say what they actually yeah. feel whereas other people are just gonna succumb to whatever this like guy wants them to be yeah, or say and yeah they say that a lot of men do that because of the perception they have about women in those countries and as i said they think thai women are like yeah they're sweet women and they want to have that and the western women like they are wives maybe, they are not like this. And right. so that's why they come here and do that. That's one thing I read, why. That's interesting. I, yeah, mean, I mean, I'm sure there's, do you think there's like a, 
level of loneliness that they're like kind of lonely. They might not be the most attractive person. They might be older. Mm. They might have some money, but not so much money. Like mm. I'm just thinking of like an American man. Like maybe he has some money, but not so much money yeah. that he can like attract a really uh, hot American woman that he's gonna come here, yeah. but his, his money goes that much farther. And then maybe that's like, has something to do. I, I'm just speculating, yeah, no, I think that that's true. Yeah, it's, it's, all, um, it's also that what comes with sex work here in Thailand, because uh, a lot of like the, let's say the relationship, what's going on is not just about sexual service here. It's like, they spend time like for a week. A lot of of the men who are here, they spend time with the Thai uh, girl or woman for like a week. They they buy them clothes and like go for a drink, and then the sexual service is like just one part of it. And maybe it happens in the third night. I don't know. It's a lot of times. It's not about the real sex. Why a lot of men come here? It's because of the relationship they have. Oh, it's like really open want, the relationship. Yeah, they just like want the attention yeah. from like an attractive woman. Yeah, yeah, and some level of companionship that maybe they have to buy it, but they are they need that in their yes. life yes. and they can't find that where they are. Yes. There's something about that and I love the way that you say that too, because it's not a way it's not in a way that is like condemning these men for doing that, right? It's like you understand they have this need in their yes. life and yes. maybe they're not going about fulfilling that need in the best way that they can mm -hmm. but at a certain point when you feel really lonely and you need companionship mm -hmm. and like people have been rejecting you for so long mm -hmm. or maybe you don't know how to get it in any other way like it makes sense why you would fly across the world <laughs> to get that because it's like such a uh, powerful human need is yes. that need to be loved yeah. and to be yeah. wanted or to touch another human being in a way that is affectionate and, yeah. yeah yeah and that's the thing what what the one volunteer said she said she also calls the man kind of a victim because he's he's stuck in his being like that's really beautiful yeah, yeah and she thinks of, of men like this that they are also they are not the traitors, they are victims too. Because, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really like the combination of where the men live. Because I'm sure that, that it's true that Western women are kind of different. I see that the, the girls treat the men different here, like the, the tourists. They are really so over friendly with the, the tourists. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's like maybe acting too. A lot of acting, sure. but they're good salesmen. Yes, <laughs> saleswomen. That's I'm sure that's that's why the men come. They they come here because they can't get that at home with women in in Europe or the US. That like they get all the attention and yeah. It, but so then I'm curious because it sounds like there's a bit of a duality here of what you're describing, like in that beach town with like women on the street having numbers and men being like, I pick that number. Yeah. And then juxtaposed with what you're saying sounds like, yeah, maybe like forced sex work that women don't want to do, but also like a not abusive or violent or ex like ex exploitative, but like a, a week long, like mm. relationship companionship with someone who is interested in, being treated well and treating them well. Mm -hmm. So is yeah. it just like, there's the whole spectrum of 
the, the type of experience yeah. that these women could be having, or is it? Yeah, I, I think that that yeah, I think it's as you said, it's like they can have like that man who just wants to have this one girl for like a night, and that's it. And they can also have like a man who comes regularly, like one girl or one woman. She has a few relationships with a few um, Western men and they are coming like on different times a year and spending a, a week with her. And so for her, I'm sure it's, it's different than for, for other girls who like just have, have the one guy for the one night. But it's also really different from, it depends on what the, the woman does, the sex worker, because like there's a level like on the ground, on the bottom. No, on the ground. Bottom is? No, the bottom. Yeah, bottom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they cannot choose. They have to get what they, like, they have to take what they get. Because a lot of the freelancers are homeless. And yeah, I think yeah, for them it's really not good. But if you're a beautiful girl, you can, it, it can be that you can decide which man you're taking. It's because you're not dependent on on the money because you they know that they will get enough because they are so beautiful and so they can really decide on their own which man they are taking and if they want to take that one now or if they don't it's i mean i think that um a lot of the girls in the past they also have like they have to have an amount of men in the week to to get paid or something so it's it's really hard yeah, the freelancers, they don't have someone who kind of, it's not owning, but like in the bars, it's the tourist comes and sees a girl and like, I don't know, wants to take it out. And then the guy, the, the tourist has to pay a fee to the bar to take the girl out. And then he has to pay a further fee to the girl, which they negotiate what he has to pay for her and so they probably haggle like they do with everything else in yeah, Thailand probably. Like, it's taxi ride like no give me for 20 like no no <laughs> probably yeah they negotiate too no but um, yeah so the girl gets like a fixed payment of the bar as well and from the guy and so the girl has to have like a certain amount of men for the week to get the payment but yeah as i said when when you're pretty you can like almost decide what you're taking and yeah so that that depends on really and also where you work in the like with the numbers that's a lot in the massage parlors that the men like the women are behind the glass and the girl uh, the man says i want this because it's different in the bars because men talk with the girls there and that's not happening in the massage parlors. I mean, I think they can take them out after the massage and everything else as well. But in the beginning, they just go to the parlors and say, I want this girl and yeah. And the owners of the parlors, they also like um, tell the tourists, like this girl is good at blowjobs and this girl is good at this. So it's like also advertising the girls. But as I said, it's different in, in bars or, and then it's even different in brothels because brothels are almost only for Thai men. Like, oh, not so a, not, tourists aren't going to the brothels. Yeah, they are more going to bars. 
open okay. open front bars. Like you can see them on the streets, like in Nana Plaza, all where it's open front bars, which I don't know, American music and there's different music. And then the man goes in there and drinks and then pays the girl a drink. And from that drink, the girl receives some money from the owner of the bar. So it's, yeah. Oh man, that is interesting. So it's almost like the bars are like kind of like their, or the bar owner is like their pimp. Yeah, yeah, that's the word, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> they are kind of the pimps. Yeah. All right. So, and then you were talking about like freelancers. Are mm -hmm. those people that do they have like, do they have like pimp? Do a lot of them have like managers that are you know positioning them in a place to, and then offering them some level of protection if some guy gets like violent with them uh i don't know how that works in thailand with the freelancers but i don't think so because as my um as the one woman i interviewed said the freelancers are a lot of times uh homeless so i don't think that they have someone who manages them because i mean like to be homeless but to be managed by someone i don't know if I don't think so. I, I I think that that they just go onto the streets and see what they get. Right. But oh, that sounds I'm, so dangerous. It does. Oh. I mean, if you think that they are homeless, like, and a lot of times, I saw one woman at my observation in the English class. She couldn't even read the alphabet. She could, I mean, she could, like, the main English things, the basic things which everyone has to um, speak as a sex worker because you need it as a sex worker. Things like, me so horny. Do they actually say that? I don't know. <laughs> I never heard that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, she could say the basic words, but she couldn't read the alphabet. So she first had to learn the alphabet before she could learn English with the other girls. So. Mm. The freelancers are really like down the road. Right, they're like in desperate. Yes, they are in desperate, desperate situations, yeah. yes. And yeah, I think, I don't, I have forgotten how much they earn in the different things, but I think that they are best off in the bars. I think massage parlors are worse than the bars okay but i'm not sure it can be because like i just what i think in the bar you could eat more easy like easier get a, into a kind of relationship than in a massage parlor where the man just goes into and then yeah like, they go in they get what they need and, and then, they're then gone. yeah and then they, they gone yeah so the massage parlor culture is like a real thing yes it, it is we come because in america we call those rubbing tugs okay well 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 at a rubbing tug you get a happy ending but yeah we call them rubbing tugs which okay. is like a massage parlor quote unquote that really in the end just like they'll like jerk you off okay but like so that that oh, so how many what percentage of massage parlors in Thailand actually give sexual favors? I don't know. I okay. I really don't know. But <laughs> you can you can easily spot them as how the girls look like. The, you if they are really like beautiful and dressed in short clothes. Yes. I'm always sure that you get a happy ending there if you want to. And they also make some kind of a sign to the guys, like something with your face, like 
um, I don't know, maybe with the eyes or something. A friend told me what they do, but they do that to the guy, and then you know what you can get in this massage parlor. Oh, some weird co facial yeah. expression code yeah. system for like, I give hand jobs or I give blow jobs or I'll go like all the way kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. So that's one one way how, because they don't write on the signs happy ending. Yeah. Like that's, I think, no, because I mean, it's illegal. So they, I think they couldn't write that on the on the sign. Right. <laughs> like, but yeah, they, they do have those facial signs to show that you can get it there and you can see it if you look at the girls. Yeah, I haven't been to Bangkok yet, but when I was in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, I could you could tell which places seemed like they might like give happy endings. Mm. Or like I was there by myself and there were all these women coming up to me like, oh, like, you want to get a massage? And they'd like rub my arm in this way. That felt yeah. very sultry. I was like, all right, that's probably a rub and tug. And then when my girlfriend got there mm -hmm. and was hanging out with me there, all of a sudden people stopped offering me massages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very, uh, very odd. But um, Yeah, did you see, the, I mean, you have been to Chiang Mai. Yeah. Did you see that there? Because they, they had like one district where you could get that stuff. And there were lady boys and everything. A little bit. We definitely saw lady boys, but I didn't um, notice really obvious. Yeah, it's, it, was, um, it was not in the old town. It was over the river. It was just one street and really only like a few bars. But all of the bars, I'm, I'm sure that was um, sex work because how, how the girls looked and how they behaved and like a lot of, you can always spot bars with, um, for sex work because they have too many waitresses, like way too many. <laughs> like they have, I don't know, 10 tables and 20 girls. Mm. That's, all, that's always the sign that they have too many girls for as waitress. So and that was going on there. There were so many, so many girls and lady boys and like at this massage parlors with like distress. I mean, who was that for getting for giving a massage? Right. So you know, my girlfriend got a massage in Chiang Mai and she came out yeah, very relaxed. And I was, and I wonder <laughs> what happened in that massage. Uh, my boyfriend and me did, did did too a massage in Chiang Mai, but I had a. Woman and my boyfriend had a man, so oh. <laughs> it was everything fun. They literally yeah. asked me if I was okay with the man massaging me, and I said yes. But it turned out that I had a older woman massage me who was just not wearing a short skirt or anything, so it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty uh, PG. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is your thesis, uh, or have you been studying mainly? women in sex work or because you're talking yeah. about lady boys because I know that's a, that's quite big in yeah culture. yeah but I I just focus on women because I mean there are also male sex workers in Thailand as well and but I yeah, just children yeah children too like child sex uh, tourist uh, child yeah child sex tourism is a really big issue in Thailand and they are doing a lot against it, a lot of work against child sex tourism because it's defined to be a child under 18. So okay. like a girl with 17 is also child sex tourism, like child sex trafficking, that's the word. Why is it child sex? I don't know. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I 
No, that's not part of my thesis. I mean, I, I'm talking about it a little bit, but it, it would be just too much. So I'm really only focusing on women in the sex industry, which are not trafficked into Thailand for that, or like trafficked from the north, which kind of decide to work in there. So that's my main, my main. So, so like, yeah, basically women that are willing yeah. sex workers, so to speak. But like you were saying, like the, the willing part has an asterisk, which is like their culture also yes. kind of pushes them in this direction. Yes, yes. Um, that, yeah, okay. Oh man, that is so interesting. Like what, what is the biggest, so what, what is like the biggest surprise besides the fact that 90% are <laughs> hired by local Thai mm. men? What is the uh, like biggest surprise that mm. you found in your research? Who, I mean, I'm not, I don't even have yet a topic how all of it works. And I'm sure I will not get it even after submitting my thesis because it's like just huge. Yeah, so it was really interesting that it is illegal. I didn't know that before. Uh-huh. And very interesting was the history with the with how sex tourism, like not sex work, but sex tourism emerged because that happened with the Vietnam War when they had that rest and recreation that was having sex for soldiers. Right. So, and that's how sex tourism like emerged kind yep. of. And so that was really interesting to know the history. Still, it's really, really a lot. The history of sex tourism. Uh, that's sex how I industry. think most people in America, from what I understand, know about. That's why they know so much about Lady Boys because they've watched enough Vietnam War movies <laughs> or like documentaries to understand that like Lady Boys are a thing, mm-hmm. and a lot of the GIs, the soldiers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. were stationed in Vietnam and in the area, yeah, would have their rest and recreation time, mm-hmm. and they'd go and they'd get prostitutes or like fuck Lady Boys. Yeah. Yes. For the people who don't know what Lady Boys are. Oh, so yeah, for the people that don't know what Lady Boys are, they're essentially just transgender uh, women in Thailand that have, that used to be men and now Mm -hmm. have maybe gotten surgery, maybe not, but they identify as women. And it is weird to me, we were just talking about this before we were still recording, it is so weird to me that like the term Lady Boy is so Mm -hmm. widespread in that country and... The transgender women there like refer to themselves as lady boys and they almost talk pridefully about it. Mm. Whereas like in America, if you called a transgender person a lady boy, it would be like quite offensive. Oh yes. I don't know why that word like how that word came up like how lady boys. And it's like only in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, it's an English word. I think that came up in the Vietnam War too. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's like one thing that sex work is tolerated, like the LGBT uh, community is huge, everything like that. And then they are bathing with a swimming, like a dress, not a bikini or something. Like they are going to swim with with the, the clothes on. So it's like, I don't know, the two parts of being really open to everything and then like being so closed. It's, uh, I don't know, Thai society is a mystery to me. <laughs> yeah, it's very, there seems like uh, some 
odd contradictions there yeah. that are but it seems to work in this weird way that there is there is something very charming about Thai culture yeah. in a lot of ways but then also yeah quite mysterious mm -hmm. yeah and I mean that sex tourism became so famous was also because after the war ended and all the soldiers uh, went back, there was no need anymore for like rest and recreation. So they advertised like Thailand for that, for other tourists to come oh. to Thailand for having fun there. And yeah, it was in a time when um, like Western people could easily afford to go to Thailand because of charter flights and, and all that stuff. So. It was easy for us to get there, and Thailand promoted it well. That's why sex tourism became so popular. And now, it's like such a big business that they, I think, they can't do anything against it. Like, right. I mean, if you think about it, like the Vietnam War was forty over forty years ago yeah. now, and like that's been going on for that long. Like mm. when that is like such a inherent part of your culture, yeah. or that's become a way, especially like you know, I mean, Thailand's not like the poorest uh, country in Southeast Asia, but in terms of the world, they, they're not a very wealthy country. Yeah. So you have this industry that's making this much money, especially like yeah. you were talking about family structures. It's like, how do you, how would you ever change that up? No. But like you were saying, I mean, it's like a lot of the cases are um, men coming in and understanding what they're getting into. The women kind of understand what they're getting into to a degree. I guess it's not like the most detrimental way to make money in some ways. I mean, I believe that prostitution should be legal. It should just be regulated and the people that are engaging in uh, people that are that are working as sex workers mm -hmm. and then the people that are purchasing services from sex workers, as long as there's like a level of like respect and yeah. uh certain kind of regulations to make sure everybody's safe like yes, i believe yes. that that should just be the way it is like i yeah. don't get why it's not that way why yes. people make that illegal i mean but anyway so so have you found that like what, what do you feel about prostitution being legal or illegal or uh, do you have any personal um, views on that yeah i think your opinion is really good like that it can be legal but um like to be regulated good because that's one thing which isn't in Thailand if you look at the HIV problem right so I mean I'm not focusing on that either because that that's one like that's pieces. a whole issue in, in and yes. of itself yeah. but it's a problem here AIDS is a huge problem in, in Thailand because no one wants to take condoms mm. they don't want and the, the the tourists don't want to use it and then the girl doesn't want to use it because they got less they get less charged if they use a condom oh uh, they get yeah they get less money if they use a condom and stuff like that so and that's the problem but yeah if that would would be regulated and all that stuff yeah why why shouldn't it be i mean i cannot really imagine it because in austria it's like illegal i mean we have hotels that are legal but prostitution itself like freelancing it that stuff is illegal so you cannot just go onto the street and sell yourself for sex right. 
Wait, so in Austria, you have legal brothels similar to like Amsterdam red light district? Yeah, we do have brothels. We do have that and that's not illegal. But prostitution, I don't even know how illegal that is because I know that like those things, they cannot be illegal because they exist. Right. But it's not like in Amsterdam or something because there it's like everywhere. Because I'm not really sure how that works in Austria. I definitely have to look that up. <laughs> That's really uh, I mean, prostitution is not legal like like in Amsterdam, but we have those bars where you where they are legal. So I'm not sure to which amount it is legal, you know? Yeah. Maybe to start a certain amount. Hmm. From what I understand, in America, prostitution is illegal everywhere except for the state of Nevada. Oh, but mm-hmm. Las Vegas, which is in Nevada, has a law against prostitution. <laughs> so everywhere in Nevada, except for quote the, the what they call Sin City, is uh, the only place that is, is, that prostitution is legal, and then that's the only place within that state that it is illegal. That so, doesn't make a lot of sense. I know it's a really odd system. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd system, and I don't really know a whole lot about it. That's something I would like to explore sometime on the podcast, but that's for an, another, another yeah. chat. Um, yes. Um, so the the people, the volunteers at the NGO mm-hmm. that you are interviewing, what are what's their role? What are these? Um, yeah, they are working in in the NGOs. Um, so, like in this NGO where I doing my research, they have Thai staff, um, like Thai staff who is working in the coffee shop, and then also Thai staff for outreach, but more for the freelancers because uh, usually the freelancers are not so good in English, so the Thai staff can talk with them in Thai, and. Yeah, Thai stuff is not like so comfortable to go into bars. But and then there's the international stuff which are volunteers. All of them are volunteers from Christian organizations from the US mainly. And yeah, the organization in itself is a Christian organization because yeah, I don't know, Christian organizations just give them a lot of money, I think so. And so yeah, the international stuff does outreach in the bars and just goes to the bars and sits there and if the girl wants to talk with them they come and like they buy the girl a drink and just say who they are and what they do and like the mo- the most important thing is just build a relationship with the girls and then the, the girls decide for themselves to go to the to come to the coffee shop and to inform themselves and then the, yeah there are the English classes for free and um, all, there's always one international stuff in the English class as well and like um, helping the teachers and then there's beauty shop they're doing yeah and bible classes that's also one thing of course the Christian organ they gotta slip in the bible classes yes Right? Oh, that is like so Christian-y of them. I know. I, I was like, I was so surprised. That's one thing <laughs> I was surprised. That Christianity is like such a big topic for those NGOs. But it's just that the churches uh, support those things a lot. And yeah, in Thailand there are not really churches. And But Buddhism is easy because Buddhism is like really open to every religion. And yeah. so 
but I mean the Thai girls don't have to convert or anything but some of them Maybe that's why the Christians like them, though, because they're so open to it. They're like, all right, well, they're at least open to it. Maybe we can just slowly give them on our side. If we give them a job, we give them some subtle Bible classes. Yeah. Maybe in, like, five years, we'll have, like, a few more members here. Yeah, I'm... I'm... That makes me uncomfortable, but I do like the sound of what they're doing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I know. It's, like, the thing I don't like about it, that it's just... Yeah, the, that it has the Christian background, because I'm not friends with missionaries, just I don't believe in the thing of religion. I think that everyone can believe in whatever they want to and don't have to call it Christianity or Buddhism or whatever. It's like, I don't, yeah, it's my own thing. I'm with you there. I mean, I am Christian. It's not like I believe in God and I go to church sometimes, but it's like, I don't know, like to try to manipulate someone of another religion is like, I'm so interested in Buddhism and Hinduism and whatever. I think that all of them exist somewhere. Sure. Like, there's, yeah. That was like when I heard that this NGO is also a Christian NGO because I, I only I got that in my first interview. I didn't know that before because all the other uh, organization had it on the websites like pray to God and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I definitely don't want to do my research with a Christian organization and now it appeared that this organization is Christian too but they are not so like because I asked them if I could work there without being um, without having Christian beliefs and she said yeah it's it's not a requirement but it's just easier to believe in that okay but they are not like you have to do that or whatever they are really this organization is really good with that. Yeah. It's just that they receive money from churches. And so that's why, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. At least that's like their like main goal is like the work that they're doing rather than like mm -hmm. this weird disguised missionary work that yeah. is like, hey, we'll do this stuff, but yeah. really we're missionaries. Yeah, that's because then I wouldn't have done it because like that's not what I want to. But it's another interesting thing was that... NGO is like non-governmental and there doesn't exist I think I'm not sure if there even exists one governmental organization because uh, like the one um, volunteer also explained me that Buddhism is that kind of you have that kind of belief that you like live with what you're given if you do good in this life you are having a better afterlife so it's when we Western people help those women. It could be that some Thai people don't understand it because they have the set of like the set of believing that you have the life and deal with it. You don't get help with of someone, and that's why there doesn't exist a lot of um, organizations for disabled people or something like that. Because oh. it's like deal with your life and you're getting a better afterlife. Right. So that's. Why there doesn't exist so much in Thailand, like from Thai organizations. Okay. It's a lot of NGOs who are working here. Yeah, and for and people help. who don't know, NGO stands yeah. for non-governmental organization, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. A lot of them, I think, from the U.S. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure that almost all the NGOs are funded from the U.S. government. Yeah. Which is nice that they do that. And it's like... One nice sentence was that the NGO, the workers, 
they don't try to rescue girls as a lot of people think like I had kind of the same mindset that they kind of rescue girls but it's not the way they do they, they build relationships and work with them but in the end they, it's always that the girl has to decide what she wants if she wants the help or not it's not that they go out to the street and like rescue girls from the bars or something right but it's really nice work they do I like it a lot and it this NGO is really big. They have so much. They offer a lot for them. So that's cool. That's cool. Do you want to say what their name, what the name of this organization yeah, is? Yeah, sure. I think uh, they're fine. It's Nightlight Foundation. Nightlight yeah. Foundation? And they have like the coffee shop, City Light Coffee, and Bangkok. So yeah. they are doing a pretty good work. And I mean, as I said, I don't have the whole picture. And I like, I'm just saying what I learned and read. But... I still don't know all, and I'm not sure if I know the truth. I'm just like replying what I somewhere read or somewhere heard or whatever. Yeah, so the main thing of my topic is just to understand a little bit of how everything works and why women do that uh, sex work. And yeah, especially what Nightlight is doing for them, which is really nice. I like Nightlight, it's a cool and she they're really good. Very cool. Well, it's getting kind of loud around us, so maybe we'll wrap this up. Boom. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Remember, subscribe on whatever podcast player you're listening on. Please send us an email with some feedback. Don'tknowwomen at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you, and we will see you next week. Peace.